Welcome back to another Mavs Outsider Podcast. This is your host, Dustin. I uh, wanted to do my post-game pot for the Mavs win against the Boston Celtics uh, last night, which was Wednesday night. I'm recording this on Thursday evening. Um, so we're going to get into that right now. Uh, the one thing that really stood out in this game, the two things that really stood out, to me was obviously Luca was fantastic. Um, they don't win this game unless Luca has the game he does. Uh, the the fourth quarter was such a bad quarter for them that Luca's timely shots and even Jalen Brunson's um, timely shots were and free throws were just the difference. Luca had thirty six points. And he played 34 minutes, um, had five assists and eight rebounds, and, but he also had eight turnovers. That was a big thing. There were there were times where they would double him because he was pretty much the only guy that was going to beat him. And that's what you know. It reminds me of when you know Dirk in the prime of his career, especially during playoffs. You know, they would double Dirk and just dare the other guys to beat him. But, uh, you know, the first half, you know, they just put on a clinic. And everybody was involved. They, you know, Melly got minutes. Burt got minutes. Josh Green got some minutes. And everything was clicking. Uh, Porzingis had 19 with 8 rebounds. You know, he was three for seven on his threes, which isn't terrible. Um, Dorian Finney-Smith played well with 11 points and nine rebounds. But the the, the one thing that was discussed is the, the fourth quarter and the fact that, uh, you know, Porzingis just wasn't involved in the fourth quarter. And I, I believe someone asked, Carlisle about that and his comments were you know well you know Boston played small and if you had Porzingis out there he would have had to have guard Jason Tate or Marcus Smart I think is who he had said and you know what I just I have a problem with that um if if that if the comment would have been about Willie Cauley-Stein sure you know or Boban right but Porzingis is theoretically supposed to be your second best player. You know, he's your highest paid player. And if you can't play him against certain situations in the fourth quarter, then why is he on your team? You know, why don't you trade him? Because he's, when the playoffs come around, I mean, just with that comment right there, when the playoffs come around, every team's just going to go small. And Dallas is going to be stupid enough to put Porzingis on the bench. And who else is going to, who else can score like Porzingis? You know, as much, as hard a time as a lot of guys give Porzingis, he can still score the basketball. You know, he's, he's still a quality scorer. You know, he, he was 42% on threes. That's good. You know, he shot six free throws. He had eight rebounds he, and three blocks. You know, he he had a really good game. Now, it wasn't like great, 
but he had a good game. And the whole idea to me is if you're going to spend a large portion of your salary cap on one player and he's supposed to be your top player, you've got to make teams adjust to you. You've got to put Porzingis out there and make Boston go bigger. And that, to me, was where Carlisle just got outcoached. He, he, he reminded me a lot of, and, you know, I, I live in the Dallas area, and, you know, I like the American football and Dallas Cowboys. They had this coach for 10 years, Jason Garrett. You know, he insisted his way was right, and if something wasn't working, he refused to change it because, you know what, he put the game plan together, and if it's not working, that just means the players aren't executing. It doesn't mean the game plan's no good. And he just refused to adjust, and it just kind of reminded me of Carlisle last night. Carlisle left the same five guys in there, and I, I just felt like, and he would swap out, you know, Tim Hardaway, but, you know, the second half, I believe he only played seven guys. And then in the fourth quarter, I think Porzingis only came in at the end. And so, you know, the fourth quarter had more of a six-man rotation. And they just couldn't, they just, you're not going to win that way. You know, he he was playing, I felt like Carlisle was playing to not lose. You know, they got up to a big lead and it was just like, well, don't go lose it. Well, it's like, why don't you try and win it? You know, put Porzingis in. And you know what? If he fails, he fails. But at some point, he's got to learn to play against smaller defenders. And he's got to learn to play in these situations. If you don't think he can do it, then trade him. You know? You've got to coach him up. If you can't coach him up, then trade him. You know? Or let's get a new coach. And I I just thought that was a poor decision. You know, because he he is your highest-paid player, and your highest-paid player can't play the fourth quarter. That's what you've said. So who's to stop, you know, name that team, the Clippers, from putting a small lineup in, you know, with Marcus Morris, Markeith Morris, Paul George, Kawhi, Rondo, and whoever, Reggie Jackson, whatever, you know. Who? What if they put those guys in in the playoffs? Are you just going to bench Porzingis for the fourth quarter? You think you're going to win that way? I'm sorry. I'm just not buying it. I, I just thought it was poor coaching. I, I, I feel like you've already determined that you, you're you not in it to win it all this year. I, I think they've already established that. the The way they've built their team over the last two years, the way they treated the trade deadline, they're not in it to win it all this year because they're they're not a top six team. All the teams above them got better, so they're not a top six team. They're in the playoff and they're a first round exit team, and they've already established that. That's what they've already, you know, the decisions they've made in the front office have already said that that's what they are. So, if that's going to be your game, then you've got to let Porzingis learn to play against smaller defenders. And you've got to put Porzingis out there to learn how to play against smaller guys. You know, he could have covered Jason Tatum. Jason, not that 
Nobody else did a good job with it. He couldn't have done any worse. Jason Tatum's six foot ten. I don't call that small. You know, it's not like Dorian Finney Smith was stopping Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum got to the rim at will when Porzingis wasn't in there. So I'm just I'm not buying it. Um I, I thought they really showed I don't know. I thought Carlisle really showed like he didn't know what he was doing last night. And I you know, I'm usually not critical of him. I usually just he's their coach, whatever, but I thought last night he was really bad in that fourth quarter. I thought I thought you could have played Porzingis. I thought you could have played Melly. I thought Melly played very well in the first half considering it was only his second game with the team. You know, he's got to get acclimated with his teammates. You know, I it was I like that Melly was playing instead of Powell. And I thought, you know, there was a possession where Melly played very quality defense on Jason Tatum. And I I thought his size was able to, you know, affect Jason Tatum, but Dorian Finney-Smith can't. Dorian Finney-Smith is consistently put on bigger players. And I just feel like he consistently fails at covering them. He can't guard bigger players. And I just, I, I don't understand when I watch it why Dorian Finney-Smith is covering fours because he can't. He just can't. He is not big enough. And it's frustrating for me to watch because I, I just watch, you know, watching that lead just dwindle down to whatever it was, two or four or whatever it got down to. But... Just watching it, you know, watching the fourth quarter, the disaster that it was, I just, it was very frustrating. You know, Brown had 24, Tatum had 25, and Kimba had 22. You know, they had three all-stars on the court. You know, we had one because that's just what Carlisle wanted. And I just, if he doesn't change his attitude on that, then... Not only are we a first-round exit, we're a first-round sweep. You know, it's like you're not going to win a playoff game if that's going to be your attitude. You you can't not play Porzingis. You have to play Porzingis. And, look, if if you don't think he can do it, then you've got to trade him. This offseason, you just have to trade him. Whatever you're trading him for, I don't care, whatever. Trade him for Caruso. I hate Caruso. But anyhow, trade him for whoever. But... You've got to play him, and that's just what it comes down to. And so that's that's my main problem with last night's game. Now, they did get the win, which is a really good win. It's a win they needed. Um, you know, other teams, I believe San Antonio won. Um, you know, San Antonio still has a good team. They, You know, they still have good players. So you know, I could see San Antonio... Um, finishing in the 7-8 spot along with Dallas. Um, you know, Steph Curry's been out. I don't know if he's back yet. I don't know um, if he's not back yet. I don't know when he'll be back. But, you know, once Steph got injured, I think he's been out. And Golden State's kind of fallen in the standings. Uh, Memphis, they're just, they, they're hovering around 500. They're they're a good team. They're a young team. Uh, Jaron Jackson still hasn't played. I don't know if Jaron Jackson's going to play this year. Uh, I don't know if it's... 
I, I don't. I know he had this similar injury to Porzingis, but there to me, there's got to been something else because he. I figured he would have played by now. Um, but the teams in front of him, like Denver and Portland, you know, I saw Denver playing the other night. They're just on all cylinders right now. I, you know, they. I know. I know Philly didn't have Embiid. But they just dominated him. You know, Philly's actually played well without Embiid. I believe they've only lost like two games since he got hurt. Something like that. They've played really well. And Denver just destroyed him. Um, you know, the Lakers right now, they lost last night to the Bucks, And I, I think Drummond already got hurt. Which, I don't, I don't want to laugh at that. Because I, I don't like seeing players get injured. There's a lot of players getting hurt. But... It just annoys me. The whole buyout process has annoyed me. Um, one guy that I was hoping to get bought out is by Orlando. And, you know, Orlando beat Los Angeles Clippers the other night. And I, I had to see how they did it. You know, I had to watch these highlights. I was like, how on earth did Orlando beat this team? And, you know, one of the guys I was hoping got bought out that the Mavericks could go after was Otto Porter. Um, you know, there isn't a lot of big name free agents in this off season. And I think a guy like Otto Porter is a guy that Dallas could bring in at a good price and improve the roster. Um, I, I figure they're going to throw all their money at Collins and, um, I, I don't know if, you know, Atlanta will match or if another team like Minnesota will throw all their money at them or I don't know, but, I think Otto Porter would fit this team very well. He's a good three-point shooter, believe it or not. He shoots it at something like 40%. Um, I believe he shot it at 42% at one point. I, I I think he could fit this team. I think he would improve the roster um, without looking at, you know, any of the other free agents out there. I, I You know, I, he's just one that I thought about because, you know, I – you saw that Orlando had uh, had won, and they actually have another guy who I think might be also a free agent, Terrence Ross. I think Terrence Ross would upgrade our roster as well. But uh, anyhow, not to get ahead of myself because that's still a long way away. But uh, anyhow, Dallas, you know they're still in the seventh spot. I don't foresee them going up at all. This top six teams I think are what they are the the only way they fall or they move up one spot is if you know LeBron I believe they said out in two or two three more weeks if he has some sort of setback where it's not two to three weeks it's like three to five or something like that I could see maybe Los Angeles Lakers dropping in the standings you know Dallas does have an easy enough schedule I hate that they Gave away those two games. Um, it's very frustrating as a fan, as a Mavs fan, as a basketball fan to just watch players sit. Um, so they, uh, the next game is Friday night. They do play Friday and Saturday, which is another worrisome because hopefully at least Luca plays both games. They do play Friday against New York. It's an early tip at 6:30. New York is a 500 team. They're 24 and 24. They're a good team. They're not great. Um 
I don't think the Knicks would have the same record if they were in the Western Conference. I do believe if they were a Western Conference team, they would their record would be worse. I, I think the um the fact that they have, you know, easier teams to play, like, you know, Detroit, Orlando, Cleveland, Washington, you know, the fact that they're the teams in the East are not as good as the teams in the West. I think that's one of the reasons they have such a good record. You know, Memphis is 22 and 23, and they're number 10. And Atlanta's number 7, and they're 23 and 24. Kind of gives you an idea of where the Eastern Conference is. So, Dallas does play New York on Friday. Early tip. Um, they play again on Saturday in Washington. Another early tip at six. Uh, Washington is a team that, if you let Russell Westbrook go off, they could beat you. I, I, you know, a lot. There's a lot of people out there who don't like Russell Westbrook. I'm not one of them. Now, somebody had written an article about Russell Westbrook playing in Dallas. I thought that would be an awful fit for Dallas because Russell Westbrook is a ball-dominant player. And I like Luka having the ball. But that doesn't mean I dislike Russell Westbrook. I think Russell Westbrook is a fantastic player um, at any moment. You know, he's aged, obviously. He's not the same guy he was a few years ago. Um, you know, Washington also has Bradley Beal. Um, I don't know if Beal's playing or not. Like, I haven't seen if he's hurt or not. So, um, I don't know the stats. But, you know, as far as the rest of their team, they got a really young team. Uh, you know, with the draft, with the trade deadline, I, I did like make, like one of the moves they made, you know, that... Um, Mo Wagner, they traded him, and they got that Daniel Gafford back from Chicago. And I, I like Gafford. Um, he's a very athletic guy. It's kind of a guy I wish the Dallas Mavericks had on their team. Um, you know, it, it's it, it's somebody I wish they would draft at some point. You know, maybe you know Dallas. Sometimes you know they don't have a draft pick this year, but sometimes what they do is they buy their way into the second round, and that's the kind of player I wish they would draft in the second round. A, a guy who's just kind of raw talent, who maybe uh, you know maybe he's not so good on you know offense, but you know he can catch an alley oop. He can kind of like a Willie Cauley Stein, but somebody who can finish at the rim. And so I've always been jealous of teams like, you know, Jackson Hayes. Of course, he was a top 10 pick, I believe. He was number 10. But Daniel Gafford, I believe, was a second-round pick. I, I could be wrong. If he wasn't second, it was a late first. But just that kind of player, I like him. You know, obviously, I like Denny Avzia, or however you say his name, on the Wizards. Uh, you know, Rui, I think, is a good player. They're just a young team. Um, you know, Bradley Bill is like this veteran amongst and so is Westbrook amongst all these young players and you know three years from now if Bill's still on that team they might have something I, I don't think Russell Westbrook will be on that team in three years I think his contract will be up by then and they have they'll have moved on but uh, I I do think these are two games Dallas should win I think they're better than New York 
I think they're better than the Wizards. Now, Porzingis probably won't play Saturday if he plays Friday, which I'm sure he'll play Friday. But if Luka can play and you can get some time, some playing time for Melly and stuff like that, you know, in, in Porzingis' spot, I think the Mavs can still win. It's obviously still about Luka. You know, he's the main guy. So hopefully they'll get the two wins. And, uh,. I'll probably come back on Sunday and do a pod about the weekend games. So that uh, that's going to about wrap it up for this episode. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, I'm at the Mavs Outsider. Um, if you could rate and review the podcast, I know some... Uh, some some apps that have podcasts they don't allow you to rate or review and that's fine but if you happen to use one that does i would appreciate it but uh until next time we'll see you later